This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the Gadigal Wongal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Enjoy the episode. everybody david james young here back for another week of all my friends are in bar bands it is the last working day of 2019 ergo the last working day of the decade i hope you've had a great week i hope you've had a good year fuck i hope you had a good decade i had a pretty good one (laughs) i think so anyway uh huge huge run of uh, guests coming up over this summer period. Yeah, like I said a few weeks ago, we are not taking a break, so uh, this is uh, going to keep on coming across December into January, and of course into February, where all my friends are in bar bands, will be celebrating its fifth birthday. That is a very, very exciting milestone, and we are super excited about that one. Plenty more to come, but in the interim, right now, we are going to go back a few months. This was, I believe, around June uh, that we recorded this one. This was a chat with Oklahoma band Broncho. Not, as I found out, literally as the interview was starting, Bronco. I... 110% thought that that was the name of the band, so when it came through, (laughs) I was very, given the very rude awakening, uh, well, it was rude on my behalf anyway, that that, uh, I completely butchered their name. This is, I believe, the only episode of the podcast in which I butchered the name of the artist in the intro to the podcast itself. So, a sincere apology to the crew in Broncho for that, but we move forward pretty quickly. This is a pretty fun one. Uh, They're all super nice people. Uh, Broncho were out here on tour with Methylethyl. We recorded this backstage at the Enmore Theatre in Sydney. They got into the premise of the show pretty quickly, and uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Uh, So you are going to be hearing from Ryan, Nathan, and Penny, their normal second guitarist slash fourth member, Ben King, uh, was not on this tour, so they were just playing as a three-piece. But uh, yeah, they they managed to make it work. They were touring in support of their 2018 album, Bad Behaviour, which was an absolute corker. If you haven't checked that one out, I would strongly recommend that you do so. But yeah, this was a really, really, really fun one. I want to give a big thank you to Mella and Graham over at Footstomp Music uh, for helping to set this one up. And uh, yeah, I want to give a big thank you to Broncho as well for being great sports and uh, shooting the shit with me for about half an hour 
And, uh, yeah, for giving the people of Sydney a fucking great show as well. It was a really, really fun night. Just a quick reminder, as always, if you like this podcast and you would like to show it some love and some support, you can do so by leaving a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts from, and by letting people know about this podcast. Maybe a friend of yours is into one of the bands that we've just spoken to, and they'd like to know a little bit more about them. Well, so would I, and that's why I do this podcast. So, please send them in my direction. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And, of course, if you do have a little bit of spare change, please consider supporting me, David James Young, over on Patreon. You will get access to exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stuff, playlists, a whole bunch of other cool shit. Uh, Yeah, trying to engage with that as much as I can. I've got a Patreon-exclusive interview going up very, very soon, which I'm super excited to share. It would mean a lot to have your support over there to help keep the lights on over at Barbands HQ. If that is of interest, head over to patreon.com slash David James Young. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch, barbandspod at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. If you are interested in hitting me up about having a potential guest on, about advertising on this podcast, even if it is just to give a little bit of feedback on an episode, whether you liked it or didn't like it or anything, we are open for business, as I always say, and I would absolutely love to hear from you. So, yes please drop me a line, barbandspod at gmail.com. All right, let's cross now to the Enmore Theatre back in June of 2019. This is Ryan, Nathan, and Penny from Broncho. Merry Christmas. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friends, Bronco. Hello. We're actually Broncho, but... Broncho. Broncho, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it, too. <laughs> Was that an executive decision? Nobody knows who actually made that decision. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, please, introduce yourselves. My name is Ryan. My name is Penny. I'm Nathan. What do you all, what do you all do in Broncho? Uh, well, I sing and play guitar. Uh-huh. I play bass. Uh-huh. I play drums. This is Nathan here. <laughs> it's Saturday night, and we are in Sydney, and Broncho are here for... It's the first time ever for all of you, correct? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Very exciting. When did you get in? Like, this week? It was yeah. Melbourne this week, yeah? Yeah, we got to Melbourne Wednesday morning, and then played there Thursday, Friday, and then got here to Sydney, Sydney, uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> How was the Melbourne show for you guys? Great. Awesome. Yeah, they were fun. Good crowds, uh, 
great city. We had a few days to like chill there, so. Sweet. I'm pretty much a local. <laughs> That's all it takes for some bands, hey? They'll be there a couple of days. It's just like, well, I'm going to get the paperwork done and I'm going to start moving here. <laughs> just long enough for a few people to not be excited to see me when I came in, you know? Yeah! <laughs> of course, you're on tour with the previous guest of the show, Methyl Ethel. How did, uh, how did that particular hookup happen? Was it kind of a label thing? Or was it like, you guys should be friends? Divine intervention. I love it. That's the way it always works, isn't it? Prayers. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. A lot of prayer. <laughs> Bless. Two or more gathered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, um, yeah, they've, they've been uh, okay to a partner so far? They've been great. Yeah. Wonderful. Really taking care of us. Uh, drink some champagne. Had some good laughs. Some high class glamorous shit. I'm into it. Guys live in the drain. Oh, yeah. This is uh, it's a glamorous world we live in. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is. Do you the... see my watch yet? Oh! Oh, that is nice. It's got an glow. Look out. Glow, Is the selling point like how fat, like uh, how far below sea level you can get with it? Yeah, that used to be the big selling point for watches. <laughs> We're just yeah. like, you got like 50 meters below sea level. Touch yeah. <laughs> like, the drain. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I, I learned about fine print from watches because yeah, it was like it was like real small. Like this says water resistant. And it was mm. like, what is that? Because yeah. it was waterproof, and then it was like, oh yeah, I'll get that. It's water uh, yeah. to something, and then and then I remember people saying, well, that's resistant. Yeah, it's not proof. And you can only go to like however many meters, you know. So this one might be a That's a thirty bad meters. Kind thirty of. meters. Well, that's not too bad. I mean yeah, I, I, Wait, water only water resistant? Yeah. So so you can be, I think it's Yeah, if you go like, below that fucked. It's <laughs> kinda like how people can say certain products are all natural or whatever. There's oh, different words yeah. they can use to they pick that get away with like yeah, they're like all natural, um flavoring or whatever and, and they, they make it sound as close to organic as possible but it's not like legally it's been litigated and uh, <laughs> they're not actually organic <laughs> that's how just enough just enough to get it over that to, yeah that's that's, that's how they get you man that's how they get you they get you every time <laughs> every time <laughs> So, as we mentioned, this is uh, your first time in Australia, but yeah. uh, basically a year prior, uh, we had uh, some uh, fellow countrymen of yours spreading the good word for you over here. So, when uh, previous guests of the show, Twin Peaks, were over here, oh. touring with Skeggs, um, they were cranking your album. Uh, awesome. Pretty much every chance that they got, they were showing anyone that would listen. That's, wow, that's great. Yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. You've done some shows with them and stuff oh. over in the States. Yeah. Yeah, we're close with those guys. Oh, amazing, yeah. Loveliest, loveliest people. So, yeah, that's how I heard about you guys. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. And so when it got announced, I was just like, perfect. Well, it's that, it's that I'll give them a mic next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Checks in the mail. It's more of that divine intervention shit. Five or more guys. Yeah, that's it. So I begin this by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed from being something that maybe you're watching on TV, listening to on the radio, etc., to 
kind of having a switch on moment where it's just like, this is what I want to do. I want to sing. I want to play in a band. I want to play guitar. I want to, you know, be involved with the world of music in some way, shape, or form. Um, so we'll start with you. Can you tell me a little bit about how music kind of factored into your childhood and your upbringing, and if there was some sort of, you know, switch on moment where it's just like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I feel I was, since I can remember, I always just knew I was going to be some type of performer. Yeah, yeah. I'm the youngest. I have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as far as, like, bands go, I think it really goes to when my brother came home. Well, no, I went with him to buy it. He is, and this is before the Craigslist. Um, I think he just maybe saw it in the paper, but there was a... PV Patriot electric guitar with a little PV like one five inch speaker and yeah, maybe yeah. it's a ten inch but it was small and we went to this this college kids apartment and that was like crazy to go yeah. to like just some college kids apartment for the first time yeah. that that did something to me it's the first time I saw that world you know as a young kid. And then my brother got this guitar, electric, and yeah. That, I feel like that started turning a lot of knobs in my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, um, yeah, magical. Beautiful. Penny, what about you? Hmm, I guess, I don't know. I was always kind of a clo- like closet guitar player and closet songwriter for a long yeah, time. Yeah, like, sure. Kind of too Just shy. Just in the bedroom. To, yeah, in the bedroom, too shy to like share it, really, and... I kind of remember like going to a bar and seeing someone who's now a friend of mine, but playing songs and like acoustic guitar, or whatever, and like playing basically what I doing what I do in my bedroom. And I kind of remember being like, maybe I should, maybe I should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a while. It took a lot of friend support for me to kind of like get out of my shell in that way. But sure. Yeah, and the band thing I think really works in that way. I like doing it with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan, what about you? Well, as a drummer, I just started in high school with my brother. We started a band, and I just kept going. My dad was in a band, oh, uh, so he, we would we would hear as well. No, he played guitar. Oh, cool. We would hear stories about him playing at you know college parties and making money on the weekends and stuff. So it always seemed like something yeah. fun. But yeah, I didn't. I feel like I was too young to really feel like I made the choice that you know what I mean yeah yeah just kind of got in it born into it and it was with my brother so it seemed like kind of like with him it just seemed he's an older brother so yeah 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 I felt safe and confident you know through the early years doing it did you all grow up in similar sort of areas or friends like back in high school and shit yeah to some extent we all were kind of from the same place everybody had different parts of their lives so they grew up in different different parts uh, of the world, but ultimately where we all ended up meeting up was the same same town. Whereabouts? Uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Right, okay. And we all, we live between, like, uh, a couple people live in Norman, a couple of us live in Tulsa. Right. Um, but that's all within a couple of hours in the country. Yeah, where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's pretty much all we know. It's like that and Jim Ross. That's all we know about Oklahoma. Oh yeah, Jim Ross. Yeah, good old JR. God, God, He had a barbecue place here for a little he bit. He did. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he has his own sauce and everything. Yeah, I remember going there with a friend of ours, and 
my friend got on to me because I I didn't tip enough. <laughs> it was like when I very first started like going out yeah, yeah. to eat with my own money and like learning about tipping. I think I got learned. I, I learned. I, I was told how to tip properly at his barbecue spot. Classic, perfect. <laughs> Yeah. Now, for people that haven't been, you know, we have a lot of Australian listeners, obviously, how would you describe that particular part of the world where you guys all kind of convened and grew up, etc.? Um, it's like kind of the middle of, middle of the country. It's right above Texas. It's kind of the, the welcoming mat to several different directions to yeah. the U.S. So we kind of are the welcome to the south. Yeah. Welcome to Texas. Welcome to the West, you know. And anybody who's coming through kind of crosses through that little spot, so very welcoming, you know. Yeah. That, that's an easy way to describe it. Sure. And I like how, how nice everybody is here. It really makes us, uh, makes me feel welcome. Because we're very welcoming. And so when you come into a place where people are, are automatically nice, um, it, it's just, it's easier to... Uh, crack a beer open. That's it. <laughs> you can do that in any language. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Crosses barriers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all know that sound. <laughs> the most satisfying sound in the world. Okay, can you tell me about the very first time that you ever performed live in front of anyone? Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably some of my earliest memories. I was doing like plays and musicals and stuff since I was tiny. Yeah, yeah. Just get thrown thrown into it, yeah. Do you remember any particular starring roles? I remember... Were you like the tree in the background? I do remember being Abraham Lincoln in a school play. Not bad. And it was in uh, (laughs) elementary school and I like put shoe polish all over for a beard. And um, my best friend was George Washington, and he threw up right in front, right, right beside me because he was so nervous. Oh, bless his heart! Not was, on stage. That was like in kindergarten. Was it on stage during yeah, the play? Yeah, yeah, he threw up on stage. Ooh. And um, another kid threw up. I think I kind of, <laughs> I kind of had to do my part, like while they were kind of figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that, like, I should maybe. Introduce myself. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> the show must I let, go on. I let them figure that out. Um, <laughs> so nice. That's sensational. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, but now you're adults and if you're turning up on stage, that's pretty rock and roll, man. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Back then, it's, just, it's the ultimate embarrassing trauma. <laughs> you can own it as an adult, not as a kid. <laughs> Penny, what about you? Do you remember yours? Uh, like performing anything was probably ballet. I had yeah, like my sure. first ballet recital, and I actually puked in the car beforehand because oh. I was so nervous. Oh and my goodness! Then I remember the ballet teacher telling me to just like twirl off stage if I needed to puke again, and I didn't. That's fine. Fantastic. I don't remember how they got the puke out of my tutu, but <laughs> I don't remember kinda, that. Kind of sounds like wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, all my friends who grew up wrestling like uh, puke and then right to before weigh in. Yeah, and then I go wrestling. Totally. We've had two puke stories. Can you top that? <laughs> I think I've probably puked in the Broncho career. There we go. Oh yeah, oh, definitely. I, I, 
I, there's been several there was, too just during the, day, the days during the day where I think maybe yeah I've, I've heard some it's you know tour fatigue yeah food dehydration that it. <laughs> it's science we got food yeah. it's not nerves it's uh being unhealthy yeah that'd be it <laughs> and, and knowing how to reset yeah oh, of course a of raw course. chicken <laughs> yeah oh, boy. yeah no no Puke and rally is a real thing. It's a very real thing. Yeah. It's too real even. <laughs> you know when you hit that time though where you've done it too much and it doesn't, yeah. doesn't it quits working. Yeah. You only get that first part done. You can't rally. <laughs> Last week at during Pride, I did a puke and rally just real naturally. Like didn't even know it was coming. All natural. Went around the corner and then I was back. Yeah, that's a good strong time. effort. Good yeah. job. <laughs> So it's the first time you performed with your brother? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did plays too growing up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wizard of Oz, I was a munchkin. Oh, perfect. <laughs> some other plays, but... Yeah, I think the first memory I have is playing for a college, like a youth group situation in Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, I think with my brother. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Penny, you mentioned, like, uh, kind of doing music kind of in secret growing up, like... Uh, how how old were you until when you kind of took that jump to kind of perform in front of people musically? I was like nineteen or twenty, I think. Yeah. So we just solo acoustic, like mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and I, a friend, well, a friend of a friend who played bass heard me playing a song, like asked me if I wrote it, and was like, "We should start a band." And yeah. So I did, like, really hesitantly, but. I'm really glad, obviously, that yeah, I did. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Look at you now. Yeah, look at me now. <laughs> Puking all over the world. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? Like, uh, would you, like, obviously you would have been playing in bands in high school and stuff like that? I actually, I played in bands in junior high. Yeah, right. And then in high band. school, I kind of quit playing in bands. And then when I got in college, I quit college and started playing in bands. Uh, but through that, I, I did my own stuff the whole time, either just playing by myself or uh, doing different... Yeah, I, I kind of went all over the map from when I was a kid. Like, my brothers and I had a, a, a little punk band when, we were, when I was, like, 13. Yeah, sure. And... Um, yeah, I played in a bunch of different types of bands. I could Broncha is probably the closest to what I was doing as a teenager, uh, more so than anything else that I was doing. Yeah, right. Um, I feel like I'm in a teenage. Yeah, yeah, it's come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what kind of what kind of bands were you kicking around in? Well, a friend of mine had a band called Cheyenne that was kind of more like rootsy country. Right. But, sure. But like kind of alternative. Uh, I was in a band called Starlight Mints, which is kind of more psyche pop, and in some ways we're, we we are like them. Uh, but and then I sing a cappella as well. Oh, really? Anytime you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> That's handy to have on the spot, isn't it? Oh, I can sing a cappella. <laughs> Guitar's not working. No problem. I got this. My mom uh, got. Embarrassed by me one time when I was in boys' choir when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah. We did this show somewhere and then they wanted to 
interview us like during the show so they they said like okay um they did this demonstration our 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 boys choir conductor kind of wanted to show us off and kind of felt like we were doing tricks right so he had us he would do these things and be like do me so me do you know you kind of do what he's doing people like ah you know and he would like do these hand things and we would know what he's doing and then they went around and they asked everybody what um if you play another instrument what is it you know and everybody went through and it was like piano violin cello um he got to me and I said recorder <laughs> my mom couldn't believe it she the worst of all the instruments she was like I can't believe Ryan Lindsay I gave you piano lessons I, I took you and you said recorder she was like and I couldn't even play recorder why would you want to it's a terrible instrument oh hey yeah, yeah right oh. and that actually was pretty good for like what I was dealing with like, yeah yeah <laughs> I do like woodwinds though sure no no argument there it's very just, peaceful the shitty plastic one dollar recorder is oh the objective literal worst absolutely not wrong yeah <laughs> we had to learn that in primaries like uh, like yeah when we were kids yeah that's when I learned it when it sounds really good oh yeah <laughs> everyone playing at the same time <laughs> it's borderline atonal like <laughs> One of my uncles owned a music store, and he, like, for Christmas, would give all the grandkids, and we had, like, a ton of grandkids, and he'd give all the grandkids a different, like, crazy instrument every year. One year was harmonica, so it was like, and like, one year was a recorder, and it was just like, I remember that's the first time I saw parents, uh, um, disappointed in somebody. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Again? Again? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're like, why would you give all these kids a recorder? You know? It's like at least harmonicas, you could give them all the same key or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah but I loved them for it. Yeah. I was glad I did. And that's why when I knew how much I was disappointed and somebody being disappointed about something was so great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Penny, you mentioned uh, being like 19-ish and, and having a band that you kind of reluctantly started around that point. Like, uh, what, what else were you doing, like, beyond that? Like, uh, uh, Well, I was in college, like, when that first, when I first started that. And it yeah. was like, was, I was playing with those people for like six months or so. And then um, dropped out to to do it more seriously and to right. yeah to just like work and work. That's a stuff. hell of a turnaround from not wanting to do yeah, it outside of your bedroom. For sure. What what kind of changed for you? Um, I mean, to be totally honest, I had like a really crazy acid trip and found <laughs> that'll do it. Found my voice. So yeah. That's the answer to that. Did you see a coyote in the sky and tell, told you where the yeah, like spiritual that. calling? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nathan, you were playing with your brother, as you mentioned. Like, uh, how long was that going on? Like, uh, did that kind of go all through your high school, college years, etc.? Yeah, college I did a couple of years yeah. of school. I One of our producers, Chad Copeland, that has worked on all our records, He, him and I were in bands through high school he was in my brother's band also and so when I I moved away for a little bit when I got back he was taking music pretty seriously so I started playing with him with bands all over 
Tulsa and Norman and so yeah like college time I, I guess I, I, I kind of took it more seriously yeah sure um, so where does where does this particular trio intersect like are you, do you all play in different bands on the same bill like are you just in and around the same sort of scene and community like uh, how do you all cross paths currently or like how did we cross paths like when well, we for, um, initially um yeah, kind of just from being in the same scene. Like, every, it's a small place, so it just, um, yeah, it just kind of fell into place more so than uh, trying to make any type of plan. Yeah, just sure. kind of like, you're around people, you got something, you get together. That's yeah, it. we were all casual friends for years before we ever played music together yeah 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 seeing each other playing with another band yeah. and... so when and where was the first show uh, that the three of you played together well we're actually a four piece but our guitarist couldn't make um, kind of last couple tours ah bummer but um, first Broncho shows in my uh, living room for my friends <laughs> just a little house show yeah did you get you would have grown up doing that sort of stuff um no I, we got in trouble for having drums in our house really yeah <laughs> yeah we we snuck home my mom let us play guitar all that stuff she loved it she loved that we played guitars but she had one rule and it was no drums in the house and uh that's a good rule <laughs> I mean fair enough yeah but uh <laughs> So there was my brother's friend, Chris Cleaver, was gonna leave and he had drums and he said, can you guys hang on to my drums for like while I'm coming for the summer or something yeah. like that? So we went, I remember going with my brother to pick them up, we went back, we we're like, all right, we're gonna put them in the garage and we'll play them while mom's at work. And so my mom would be at work and then we played too late one night and she got home uh-huh. and I was like, <laughs> yeah, she, you got sprung. We had to put him in the car and drive him back to. Oh, it wasn't there. I think we had to like knock on his parents' door. <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, the folly of youth. That's yeah. beautiful. <laughs> God damn. Where do things kind of go from there? That initial show, like, uh, are you? Is it kind of hit the ground running? Where you just like, all right, well, we've got this. Let's let's start recording, touring, all that sort of stuff. Or is it kind of a gradual thing that you kind of build it into what it is now? Yeah, it all just kind of happens very naturally. Yeah. It started with recordings, and then there was, and then it went turned into doing shows, and then it turned into like, oh, let's do some more recording, and then do another record, and then that naturally is like, well, let's keep playing shows, and it's just kind of this. Uh, endless cycle that none of us have control of and there's nothing any of us can ever do about it and we gotta keep doing it. It's like a clockwork orange as your eyes being held over yeah. me tight. <laughs> well, I'm curious then, like, uh, given you've all been, you know, playing in different bands for, for that long, what was it about the combination of the, the four of you that you feel was something different from what you'd done previously, you know, that's kind of clicked and last has obviously lasted longer than anything else you guys have worked on we get a writer <laughs> I mean that'll do it that'll absolutely do it <laughs> that could keep any band together as long as you get a decent writer we get Back on. Yeah. <laughs> for me it's the there's just good songs you know yeah. I've played in a lot of bands that 
there's a lot of talent and a lot of good energy live, and there's good at a lot of things, but not a consistent. I'm not knocking other other bands, but no, sure. Th- this is this song. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I better watch what I say. Uh, that's never. That's Nathan Say Price it. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to make a record is, is difficult, and I'm a drummer, so I get I see all these different versions of of how that can be. Yeah, I kind of can like watch it happen. Yeah, a little bit more, and I just for me it's as simple as like the tunes that Ryan started writing in the very beginning were just. It, it was like nothing. They sounded so classic, and yeah, I, I wasn't hearing that anywhere. Yeah, sure. It was really easy, and then it was super simple to go play a house show yeah. or whatever. It was just like the easiest and most fulfilling shows to play in the early days. Yeah, so it was like, yeah. As a drummer, it was like yeah. it was a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. What about you, Penny? What, what was it about this kind of combo that was different for you from the other bands and stuff that you'd been in? I, I mean, right before playing with the guys, I had been in two different um, all-female bands. Yeah, right. And one of them was like an Americana thing, and I was playing bass. That was like when I picked up the bass, and mm-hmm. I kind of didn't love playing like country bass. Oh, and it was yeah. just like a lot of. I was really impatient about, I don't know, I was, like, playing the rest, and I kind of decided I wanted to play, like, rock bass, and that was sort of when I knew that, and the next band I played in that was, um, Women Only was also rock bass, and then, uh, joining Broncho was, like, I joined on the second record to put that out, and I hadn't even heard it yet, and, and, like, I just remember getting the record and, like, to learn the songs, and just like hearing so much more room for like where I kind of live musically I guess yeah like I don't come from like a punk background that's kind of where the first record was yeah but then the second record had this whole other like element of I don't know melodies and and like a vibe that was just different and felt like I would fit in it even better than I would have the first record so yeah just I felt like it just made a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. And for you, Ryan, like, was a, a chance to kind of channel in uh, stuff that you hadn't had the chance to do with your previous bands? Yeah, definitely, like, fulfilled the energy that was in me that was that was looking for a place to put it, you know? Like, I was writing some other stuff that... that it was like mixed between this other world and then this world that turned into Broncho. Yeah, yeah. And so it kind of, uh, yeah, it just fulfilled a need. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, what's the kind of tone regime been for you guys? Because, yeah, every actor kind of talk to it, it, it varies from band to band where it's just like, Sometimes they'll just, you know, go all in and, you know, quit their jobs and just go straight into it. And some people, you know, be able to gradually do more and more as their their original jobs kind of become more and more understanding, you know. Like, uh, what was it for you guys in the in the initial process of, you know, setting out on the road and playing outside of Oklahoma, etc.? I think it, like, always... I don't know, it's almost like a an explorer's mentality where you 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 just keep going 
you you start and you play in town and then you're like well let's play out of town yeah yeah and you either I think you either are that way or you're not mm-hmm. we were it was just like well let's go here let's go here let's go to Chicago let's go to Austin let's go to Kansas City yeah and then you get there and like okay well let's let's go to New York let's go to LA yeah and you just start doing that and then before you know it uh, you're doing it a lot yeah and then you wind up in Australia yeah <laughs> is it, um, this is the furthest you guys have been yeah yeah, yeah absolutely have you done much international stuff before this? Yeah, we play like Europe and UK, all the states. Yeah? Every state? Even Not like... Hawaii or Alaska, but we almost did Hawaii. Have we done North Dakota? Yeah, but not South. Or, we've done one of them. One of the Oh, uh, yeah, we've we just so we done South Dakota. That's definitely one for the, for the list there. <laughs> just do a tour specifically of one of the Dakotas, Alaska yeah. and Hawaii. See how you go. Yeah. You never know. You never know. <laughs> what were those uh, international trips like, getting to play through Europe and, and, and the UK and stuff like that? Oh, they're always great. Yeah. yeah. It's always fun to go over there. Yeah, I love playing over there. I love playing the UK. I love playing Germany. Yeah. It must be a, like a weird sensation to go to somewhere that, you know, otherwise, you know, a lot of people don't know how to speak English, but they know how to sing it, you know, yeah. that they can sing their word, your words back at you, and, and they have no idea what they're actually saying, but they've just kind of learnt it phonetically. Yeah. It's such a bizarre sensation that I'm I saying. like that because I'm usually hard to understand anyway, yeah. so as long as I'm hitting, like, all the, the hits and... And the breaks and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I make more sense there than probably I do to people that speak it. Yeah. <laughs> but over there, it's crazy because they all speak. They speak so many languages. And yeah. It, it makes me really feel um, guilty. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just they like, all oh. speak English. Yeah. But that's their like fourth language. Mm. They speak like fr- German, French. Spanish and not just a little bit of each like they're fucking great at all of them yeah. it's like fuck how can I compete with that you know <laughs> I feel like a real knuckle dragger in comparison <laughs> it's a rough competition out there it is oh gosh we're kind of like halfway through the year now like uh, are you kind of set for the rest of the year in terms of touring and recording etc have you got that all kind of planned out we basically got all of our touring uh, mapped out for the rest of the year and and then probably after that we'll start hitting Apple Space or record and play. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> do you do it all in, all in your laptop? <laughs> Look, as long as you don't control or delete, then I, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Balance. Not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we'll wrap it up here, but before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, now it's your turn, Broncho, I want to know about the best and the worst shows that you have ever played. Um, they all kind of run into each other. <laughs> They're all the best and the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Can we think of any in particular? My favourite... Like as this band was uh, not at all. Like you all have individual ones where it's just like oh this one time. Yeah. My favorite ever was in Spain at a festival on an island. 
you had ocean on both sides of the stage because mm-hmm. it was a skinny little island. Yeah. And a storm was coming through. So it was just windy, <laughs> like super windy, like kind of dramatic uh, stage design type wind, you know? Yeah. It was just a great, perfect weather. It was in the summer. Yeah. Nothing super spectacular about, but just all the right just things. Just contextually. The yeah, promoter yeah. was amazing. We were all getting along with our tour manager, and it was just like, I just always think of that as my favorite. For sure. Yeah. Can you think of a worse set? That's <laughs> probably the one I threw up at in, in Orlando. Oh, sure. Mid-set. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's nasty business, yeah. Yeah, the worst shows, we'd probably just skip over. The, I, I probably won't, don't remember... I probably can't remember, remember yeah. my worst one. Yeah. <laughs> Penny, do you want to come to mind for you on either side? I mean, like, one, like, technically probably one of the worst shows, only based on, like, our tour manager's sound guy's opinion. Yeah, right. <laughs> By saying, like, when we were all, like, pretty well pissed, if you will. Yes. <laughs> and, um, but, like, at the same time probably one of the most fun you know so it's hard to say if that was the best or the worst but that was in um Birmingham Birmingham or something oh sure Birmingham not Alabama Uh, but oh Oh, in the basement I think that was sucked and we I think we had a bottle of tequila on (laughs) stage and probably drank it all and I just remember Gavin talking about that for a really long time about how horrible we were thirsty anytime I hear that it's a really bad show. I always probably had fun. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was told I had a good time. We, we did have a good We were good time. partying hard, yeah. and it was fun. Fuck yeah. That was the night we broke down on the way back. Oh, it didn't sound awesome, but... Yeah. In the Sprinter. Went through a little party. Yeah, night. I think uh, that yeah. was actually the same oh, night. that was the night. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Uh, yeah, I was like... Gavin probably loved us that It was Man- <laughs> Manchester. Yeah. Oh, okay. We broke down, but had our tour manager was thinking ahead and had plenty of supplies. So we just hung out for an hour or two, like beer on the side of the road, just partying. Yeah, that's fucking great. (laughs) I think we drank all the beer and wine that we were gonna bring to the UK because we didn't have as good a writer as there. (laughs) So we were supposed to bring all that for the rest of our tour, but we drank it all. Yeah, beer is better and. In Germany. Europe, Germany. Yeah, sure. It's the whole culture that have a whole month dedicated to it. Yeah. So, you, you know, that you'd want to hope they better walk the walk. <laughs> Conversely, can you think of any deaths for you? I mean, like the whole Queens of the Stone Age tour, I feel like. Oh, like, man, that would have been amazing. Total dream. Yeah. Some of those rooms were just like absolutely. I mean, it was mind boggling to even be there. Yeah. Like big arenas and stuff like that. Yeah. It's crazy. That can be super intimidating as well because it's just like most of the crowd is there to see one band and you are unfortunately not in that yeah. band. Yeah. <laughs> but they were like a really cool crowd. I mean, for the, like I don't remember ever feeling hated on. Like we've opened yeah. for some other like bands sort of in a similar vein and yeah. have gotten the, like, you suck before yeah. we start and <laughs> you know, we haven't even like hit a note yet. yeah 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 come on <laughs> and it wasn't it never felt like that which was cool yeah excellent yeah excellent Ryan any any particulars for you highlights of that? well I do remember the first night we opened up for Billy Idol 
it was in Philadelphia, and <laughs> it was, we're so pumped, walk out, first step on stage, we just hear, you suck! <laughs> But, no uh, one was that Billy Idol? Maybe Steve Stevens? Just like that. That was my probably my favorite night. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> did you prove them wrong? Yeah, we played really good. I proved yeah. them right. We did fucking suck. They were right. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. It's like we. You're right. We do suck. <laughs> and and that and I love you too. Uh huh. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I feel like that was the tour that Ben was on Twitter, like retweeting all the, all the mean tweets. Oh god, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh man. Previous guest of the show, Kayatana, had a like similar experiences opening for Billy Idol as well, where it's just like not even like cheering or booing. They just get to the end of the song and they just be nothing. Like you can't hear a fucking thing. Like. That's that's worse to me. Like in pure indifference is the like <laughs> as an arena support act, just like Yeah. I got nothing. And at the very least if you you've invigorated someone enough to be like, I'm gonna interact with these people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a job well done, all things considered. <laughs> yeah. I like to I, I like all versions. Of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, Penny, Nathan, thank you guys so so much for your time today. Very very much appreciated. Thank you. I'm Jeff Jim John and all my friends from Starbucks.